Welcome back to Beyond Sunday. I'm sitting here with uh, my two compadres. I've got Spencer McCush. I am here. Who is here. And I've got Christian Burkhart, who is also here. Also here. We're just, we're two guys that have been friends for quite a while. I think there's three of us, though. (laughs) There's three guys. I did drugs in high school, so (laughs) forget me. (laughs) He's the the math guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know that all four of them. Two, three. It all depends on his theoretical math or not. There's three guys and then one incredible woman, Robin, who's with us. Albanese is over here. The Robin Albanese. Yes. Um, but in Beyond Sunday, our whole our whole desire, we want people to be in God's Word. We want people to know the God of God's Word. We want you to encounter King Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the Word of God is not meant to be just done alone. It's meant to be done with friends, and mm-hmm. specifically friends inside of local churches that we can grow and develop and understand who, we, who He is in a greater way. So that's what, we, that's what we've been trying to do. But specifically, we've been looking at the Great Commission, mm-hmm. which I think has been, first of all, just on a personal level, a great journey, just as whether I was teaching or hearing you preach or I, I think it's, it's been so good for us to go there. But this last, this last little section in verse 20, after working through all the dynamics, nips downs, and we've all, I've referenced it, you've referenced it, right? Yeah. We've kind of been beating around the bush on this little last section that comes to bear, but maybe just to kind of kick us off this this kind of in this discussion, Christian, why why is this little section of the Great Commission? Why is it so important to talk about? Why do why do we need to have a whole podcast to talk about? I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I would say the simplest way to say it is it's the only way our mission's possible. <laughs> and not only possible, but guaranteed. The presence of Jesus with his people guarantees that the mission that he's given us, which is really just an extension of his mission, our God will get what he wants in the end. Um, I think that's the simplest way I can say it. It's the only way it's possible and the assurance that we have that this mission will succeed. Come hell or high water, disciples will be made among all nations, and that is worth celebrating and giving our lives to. Do you you guys think, like, just real quickly, and then we'll, we'll keep going here, Obviously, Jesus claims all authority in heaven and earth, right? So mm-hmm. he does that. He He's just risen from the dead. So that's <laughs> a very, pretty big deal. They've watched him calm the wind. They watched him walk on water. They've watched him multiply food, heal the sick, right? All these different things. Do you think at that point, those guys understood the significance of what Jesus was saying in verse 20? Or did they not kind of get the with it, with him nature of it until after Acts 2? And the coming of the Holy Spirit. What do you What do you think? I don't think they fully understood no, no. it. I don't think yeah. they could. Yeah, I don't think they could because the experiential piece. It's like, okay, we saw you, but we also, okay. I mean, I don't think they knew what they were doing at this point. Yeah, because it's yeah. huge, right? I mean, he's looking. I'm going. Do you understand this? Like the reason this is going to succeed, and the reason you can take comfort, I'm with you, right? Yeah. Like I don't think they fully got that. No, I would. Agree. <laughs> Well, especially I don't think they could wrap their heads around the always nature of like, you know, like the the question they asked Jesus in Acts 1, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Okay, you, you conquered death. That's awesome. We never expected that this resurrection that the prophets talked about would start with one man in the middle of history. What does that mean for all this? Is it time for the rest of the kingdom right now? And then Jesus says, no, you're going to, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you'll be my witnesses to all nations, and then he ascends to heaven. Like yeah. I, again, I think all they thought was, "Okay, going? Jesus is back with us. This is awesome." But with us in a like a a 
not just stuck in one place in one time like he'd been with them, but this whole new inauguration of the work of the Spirit in the life of his people. Yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I just there were so many allusions to it, right? Especially you see it in John, the the right. amount of allusions that yeah. are there to the coming of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yeah, the right. reality of watching the Spirit alive in Him, right, as He was doing the different things, but. I think for us, we forget on this side of now the giving the Holy Spirit, what a profound statement that was. I think it's profound for them, and they didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I don't think they could have. And incredibly important for us, to Christian's point earlier, like, why does this section matter? It matters because one, we're not going to understand it fully. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think we're similar. I mean, this is an experiential reality. But but I don't think we understand the magnitude of the task. Like, mm-hmm. like Jesus is charging us with making disciples of all nations, getting them to shift their allegiance to him and to teach them what it looks like to live as kingdom citizens. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Go. That's hard. <laughs> Go do that and do it with a sense of urgency. Do it now. Um, uh, that's impossible. Like that's my default setting. It's like I'm a. Yeah. I'm going to sit through and strategize it and go. Man, I get so overwhelmed with the the magnitude of something. How do I even do? Th- oh, because hey, I'm going to be with you. Yeah. And, right. I, and I think I, I don't think. I think we can overlook this section if we don't understand the magnitude of it. But on the flip side, we're also not going to understand the full impact of this until we do it. We're going to want to have it all penciled out and have our contingency plans and have it all penciled in the, oh, I got it figured out. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Okay, good. I can't wait to open this up a little more. So we'll dive in. Let's dive into this little section. I think you drew out some really cool things in what you were preaching on that are important to this that I can't wait to talk about. So anyways, that's that's where we'll go next. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I this one actually I've been wanting to mm. talk, like all of them, I'm glad I've been wanting to talk about. All that sounds bad. But this one I have, I've been looking forward to our conversation we're going to have around this one just because I, I, I think the way he ends here, sometimes... Maybe it's people drift off and like, yeah, yeah, he'll be with us. Yeah. But whoa, time out. Like this one's really big. So maybe, maybe take and take, take us through some of the ideas that you put out there that helped us to kind of see like how important this is this last, this last weekend. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I would just say, first off, I didn't really talk about this on Sunday, but like there's something in Jesus's words that are meant to comfort us. And it makes sense why we use similar words to comfort ourselves in the midst of grief. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's pretty often I hear at funerals and different things when we lose a loved one, I, I know they're still with us. I know they're with us always. I see them in this or this or this. Or I can't you know, wait like, to see them again. Or... But yeah, and it's like it, there's a way in which we try to comfort them because death feels so wrong. It is, right? That person, my relationship with them should not have been cut off like that. They should still be here. I should be able to still have a relationship. We want those that we love to be with us. And it's really important to recognize that's not what Jesus is saying. This is not just a comforting, wishful thought. He's saying, no, I, even I am with you always. I actually am. This isn't Simba's dad promising as he floats off in the clouds that he'll be with him like in the Lion King or something like that. No, this is Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, saying, yes, my presence will abide with you. Yeah, okay, you know? so that I think that's super important, right? Because it's in Greek, we call it the ego, a me mm-hmm. section, which is all that means is I, I, the ego. 
a me, I am. It's me. It, it is an emphatic yeah. I am statement, right? Like I, it's hard to sometimes put it in our English. So we use the word behold to mm-hmm. kind of draw that out a little bit more yeah. like, to, to put emphasis upon it. But man, I, I think like if he were saying it, right, we would get it from that same, I. Yeah. Behold, like, I. Even myself, I. Even am I. am with yeah. you, right? Like I think like sometimes we don't let that emphasis come out because we always finish with the teaching them to keep everything I've commanded and then, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. But this was huge for yes. him to 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 put himself out there and use that construction yeah. in what he was doing. So like some of the stuff I threw out in my message, just the first one was just, again, emphasizing the need for it. And even what you talked about last time, Spencer, just that like, if you read the Great Commission, go, yeah, sure, sweet. All right, I'll pencil it in for this Friday. No, no, we should be, it should be a heavy weight. We should be daunted by the enormity of the task that Jesus has given us. And that's why I walked through the conversation that God has with Moses, that he has with Joshua, that he has with Gideon, that he has with Jeremiah, where you see especially, like you see them receive this call from God to do something and go, who am I? Or how am I supposed to do that? Or Lord, I'm too young. I don't know how to speak is what Jeremiah says. And in each one of those, the Lord responds with, I'll be with you. I'll teach you what to say. I'll teach you how to do this. Be strong and courageous. I'll be with you. Don't be terrified or discouraged, right? Like, I will be with you to deliver you. Like, that's the thing. Like, we we need Jesus with us to accomplish the mission that he's given us. And if he is with us, we can do this. Yeah. We can do this. We, we need not shrink back. Have I not commanded you? He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or discouraged. I'm with you always, wherever you go. Okay, let's not shrink back. Um, I do think though there there can be that sense of like a vacation mentality. Okay, that's cool. Like you're with us to accomplish this mission, but could you just be with us in like a more comfortable setting? Like, could you just be with us on like a permanent retreat? No, that's not what that's not what his presence is with us, just to to comfort us in a comfortable setting. The presence is with us to empower us to this world, this worldwide. Yeah, okay, so it seems to be like especially the way that the Great Commission is and it's longing, it's calling us to look back into the book, the rest of the book of Matthew, yeah. right? So the be with you, he's already showed us what the path looked like, right? Mm. Like he, Hebrews, he's the pioneer. He's mm. the one that walks the path and we then follow after him, yes. right? So in other words, the daunting nature of what he was calling him to, he'd already given them an example of what that daunting nature was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Then he adds to it, oh, by the way, not just where I've been kind of mainly in Galilee, kind of drifting down towards Jerusalem, but now all of a sudden, Judea, uh, Samaria, (laughs) the ends of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, but it seems to be that path is the same path. Yes. It's a path of of heartache, of difficulty, of loss of God's power. Mm -hmm. But it, it really does, like that last statement, I'll be with you even when things... In fact, when things get rough, not even yeah. when, but when things get rough, because they're going to, mm-hmm. I'm in there with you in the midst of that. That's the path that I gave you. Yeah. So you have a, look like you have a thought. No, 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 I'm good. Oh, you were leaning forward. And I was well, like, I, well, yeah, no, it's, it's more of just a thought of in my head going, it's, these are also the guys though, that saw the hardship of Jesus in that local reality, right? They, they saw the crowds embrace him. Then they saw the crowds turn him away. They saw these people kill him. They saw these people, you know, kind of reject the teaching of Jesus. And even Jesus asking them like, Hey, are you going to go with the crowd and run away? Mm-hmm. But these go, I know Jesus, you, you have the words of eternal life. You've got something here. And so when Jesus says, Hey, I'm going to be with you 
It's like, okay, like they, they knew that he had the words of eternal life. They've seen the rejection and, and, and Jesus is like, no, nah, hey, I'm, I'm in it with you guys. I, I mean, I just think the, the disciples, they knew it in part, but they also were like, oh man. Yeah. And I think the other thing you drew out, Christian, that I thought is so important to this statement is the, the victorious tone of it. Mm. Right. That mm. when I look back at the the modeling of it, like when I preached on what it means to make disciples, I I, I kind of beckoned into like Moses, yeah. right? In that, yeah. And God was really saying to Moses, look, yeah, you, you're in disobedience now, so I'll send Aaron along with you. But like, I will show you that I'll be victorious because you'll be back in this hill here in a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. You, you won't just be chilling there with, with Egypt worrying about them. Yeah, I, I'm going to bring you back to this hill and yeah. it's going to be good. And then the way you walked it all through, maybe speak to that idea, though, could you a little bit further of like, what's the importance of the victorious nature of that that statement, I'm I'm with you, and the just that victorious edge to it? You want to take it a little bit further? Yeah, I think that's where you, you hold the two declarations that Jesus makes here in the Great Commission. There's that central command to make disciples and the means by which we do it. But he starts with the all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and he ends with the I'm with you always. And I think the two of those... they. They inform not just the way we make disciples, but our understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done, right? Yeah. We talked about this earlier, that there's victory in Jesus' statement, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Not that I wrestled authority away from others. It was given to me, to me by my father. I am that Daniel uh, son of man who's <coughs> given the authority, right? And I've been vindicated. All those who stood against me, all the times the Pharisees said, by what authority do you do these things? I've demonstrated that. My father has given me this authority. And in the same way, the abiding presence of Jesus, the reality that, yes, he had been there with them, physically present, walking with them in the as-you-go kind of discipleship that he modeled. But there's a greater, in in light of the, the his crucifixion, in light of his resurrection, in light of the fact that he's, he's now demonstrated what John the Baptist said of him the first time he saw him. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. And that removal of our sin, the perfect um, sacrifice to cleanse and purify and forgive us from sins, now opens up the door for yeah. God to share his presence with us in a different way than ever before. There's and I don't know such if we, victory. I don't know if we think about enough the inevitability of the victory, the, the total victory of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Like you addressed it just a little bit where you're saying, hey, you know, someone who's not post-mill, I don't, I don't know where you sit, uh, Spencer, exactly, but like it does, we're not trying to say we're going to take over the world, you yeah. know, and some, but that, but no matter your millennial position, you do have an understanding that King Jesus, he is going to reign and rule. Yeah. Like his, his good, his good reign is going to happen. There's nothing that can stop it, mm-hmm. but yet he is in a very powerful way inviting us along. And it kind of goes back to what you'd spoke on before of his idea that not only is he with us, but he wants to be with us yeah. in this, right? Yeah. Like, I want to be in this journey with you. Yeah. Um, it's not like, okay, fine, I'll kind of take you guys along for the ride. He longs to be there with us in this. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever enough think through the plug plug and play nature of that, like, mm. hey, not only does he, he calling me to it and empowering me to it, but he wants me. Mm. He wants you guys in this. Yeah, he wants to help us, which I think was great the way you drew that out. But we we need him. He wants to help. And the implication of that is, to your point at the very beginning, and he will get his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing can stop him. Yeah, to his delight and to our delight. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. But, but yeah, it's like, okay, so 
So, so then I'm, I'm curious then to go, but man, we make this so much harder then, because if we know that Jesus is calling us to this, we know that Jesus gets his way in the end. We know that he wants to help us. And we know that the enormity of the task demands that we need his help. Man, why do we make this so flipping hard then? Uh, I, it's so funny. I was having a conversation with Thomas Shearer the other night, um, uh, actually last night after youth group, and he was just talking about different times where, you know, video campaigns and missions, and let's make videos and movies about Jesus and different videos in order to do this. And it's like, especially for us in the West, with what a, what a, we see efficiency as not just like a helpful thing, but as a moral good. If something is more efficient, if we can get more done for more people in less time, that is morally excellent. Like, and that drives sometimes the way we go about the making of disciples. How can we mass produce this? Well, not the making of disciples. I would say this. The thing we're trying to be efficient on is merely getting people to say like a prayer. True. Right. Yeah. Because to actually form a disciple... It's a very inefficient task. It, and it, that, that was, yeah, that was my point was just to yeah. say like, like the way in which Jesus did this. Okay. You know, in John 12, he says, when I'm lifted up, I'm going to draw all people to myself. Like I seriously, God so loved the world. He sent me. Yeah. So I'm going to invest the majority of my time in 12 guys to reach the world. Yeah. Which is again, that seems crazy. so inefficient, right? It seems morally wrong <laughs> for us. It feels, no, Jesus said as you go, make disciples, follow the pattern that I've given you. That I think that that's one of those things where it's like, sometimes we, by automating or trying to go for such an efficiency way of making converts, we don't need Jesus's abiding presence to manufacture DVDs. Yeah. And again, I mean, no judgment. I'm not like looking to shame because even ways we've done that at Cornerstone. But Jesus didn't say go make converts. Exactly. He said go make disciples. And that's slow work. Yeah. And that is something even Jesus's own example shows us there is attrition. There is loss. Yeah. The son of destruction, Judas, Jesus poured just as much effort into discipling him and he turned on him. Right. There's going to be lost that we cannot. And I feel like that's something, especially the last couple of years with all the upheaval in life and relationships and stuff. I find myself almost like I, I recognize there's a there's a an inordinate desire for a sure thing. I want to know that the relationships I invest in are going to be worth it. I don't I want to root out the you know, and it's like. No, there's going to be attrition. There's going to be loss in this, but that's what Jesus is with us for, right? That's what Jesus, the one who's acquainted with grief, he's with us in our grief when we open ourselves up to others and then we... And he's with us in the victories. Amen. Right, Amen. like I think like we, there's definitely the pain and the heartache, but there's yeah. also those immense joys that you experience Jesus in those moments. Okay, so that's a great segue to turn us over into kind of landing this a little bit more into our lives. And so I can't can't wait to kind of talk about that here in a second too. All right, so no doubt this this reality of Jesus is longing to be with us. Mm -hmm. That it's been a rhythm of the entire Bible, right? <laughs> I will be your God. You will be my people. Mm -hmm. That. From the very outset of God's creation, he never intended us to be alone. He always intended us to be with him. And I thought you drew that out in, in a really cool way this last weekend. But we also look at it, and it, man, this this is an inevitable reality. King Jesus will reign. We see in 1 Corinthians 15, there is going to come a time where the, there is no doubt no enemy will stand against him. And so we see that. Mm -hmm. But I guess where I would love to poke down a little bit deeper into you guys' lives is maybe talking through what you were finishing with Christian on a personal level. Mm -hmm. 
How has this statement maybe encouraged, strengthened um, at those times where you needed it the most, reminded you to, to stay in there? So, yeah, I just want to throw it to you, maybe maybe personalize it a little bit. Like what what does this mean to you in your life of ministry that you share kind of in and through Cornerstone a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's the the remembering. Like it's been a good exercise for me because if you were to ask me the Great Commission, I am that guy who viewed this section as kind of the add on. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, make disciples. Yeah. You do it by the here are the here are the, poly, here are the participles, and I may or may not get to the end of verse twenty. Uh-huh. It's the emotional yeah. part for those who care about emotions. That's right. Wow. wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyways, I, well, I, 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 I no, no, for I sure. But but and, and so in thinking through this though, but this is the part that's like the the necessity of remembering that no no no, like yeah, all authority's been given to King Jesus. We've been given this impossible task. It's really hard. Dang near, I would even say impossible. But Jesus is assuring us that all the things we said, right? That he wins, that he wants to help. He's going to help. He's going to, you know, all these things. Which means I don't need to get pissy about things when things don't go my way. I don't need to try to strong arm change. I don't need to, like, all these things that I struggle with, like, I really try to be the Holy Spirit in people's life and make you do something. Mm. Or I'll try to control the outcomes of certain things when I'm teaching or, you know, a little community gathering or whatnot. And I try to be effective, right? And really, that's just code word for maybe manipulating things. In control. (laughs) You know, and going, oh, no, no, no. But if I remember that Jesus is with me always and he wins man i don't need to try to pull those strings to get the result i want i don't need to be get i don't need to get as frustrated and angry when things don't go my way it changes it because then it's just like okay lord like empower me to be faithful 100 percent. whatever whatever's going on all all of a sudden faithfulness is the goal because water i'll water if you want me to plant plant but ultimately but i get it but if i don't remember the end of verse 20 man, I can go sideways in a hurry yeah. and justify it. I justify really crappy attitudes and behaviors uh-huh. because I'm trying to make disciples. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get that, dude. I would say when you said that two thoughts came into my head, it 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 changes the way that I confront weariness um, in my life. Just those times where you are run down and ragged. Oh, you're with me, Lord. Like, thank you that, that you're with me, that, that sometimes recognizing the weariness comes because I've been trying to carry the weight in the wrong way. And I think that on the, on the flip side of it, like the, when you, when you connected that idea of, of the two oxes, um, like on the, with the same yoke, the big ox and the little ox and the little ox is there to be broken to the yoke, to, Mm -hmm. to learn, like not to pull the weight. The big ox has got the weight. He's there to learn what it means to be hooked up to this whole thing and how it's supposed to work so we can kind of grow into it. That, no joke, was such a beautiful picture. It's like, oh, God, I get to be the little ox. Like, mm-hmm. you, you've you got the weight of this. I'm here to just learn how to keep in step with you. I'm, learn how, I'm here to 
learn how to not go in the wrong, try to go in a different direction than you, because that doesn't work well for, you know, for either of us in that way. And I think that that, like, it, it changes my posture of the way, like, just even in the last week, like trying to have that practice of before I go into a conversation, a meeting with someone before I come home to my family at the end of the day, Lord, I'm not asking you to come along the ride with me. You're already there. You're already present. I get to join you into these circumstances before I think, what do I need to add to this room? What do I need to add to this conversation? I mean, to have my, my ears open yeah. and my eyes open, pay attention to what you're already doing. Or just just have the recognition you're already doing. Anybody that I'm that um, I'm talking with and interacting with, I'm not starting something. I'm joining a conversation in some ways that's already going on. And what does it look like for me to just try to? You know, it's funny. I talk about that with my kids a lot. There's those times where you know my wife and I are talking downstairs and they come down and then immediately they just say what they want to say and it's like, well, did you recognize mom and dad are in the middle of a conversation? Or they immediately invite themselves into it and it's like, well, hold on a second. Like like just those natural like parts of just learning how to live with other people in the world, you know? But I think in that same way, like to adopt that same posture myself, to so go, okay, I'm coming into a conversation that's hard. I don't, how do I not just take this in the direction that I want it to go? Jesus, help me by your spirit to know, how do I join in what you're already doing? I know that may, may sound a little more abstract, but it's a huge relief to me. It's a huge humbling thing to me. And it allows me to much more go, I need to respond rather than drive this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on a personal level for me, like I've, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this way, but as now that I've pastored for a while, you see some of the shipwreck kind of stuff that mm. either you caused or others caused, mm. or just maybe nobody caused it. It's just, you know, they're living in a fallen world and yeah. these, these shipwrecks happen. And I think like, I have a tendency to think God wasn't there, mm. right? God couldn't be there. I mean, I know intellectually he is, right? But like yeah. in a weird way, you paint it wrongly when you look back. And I've had to actually look back at a lot of things where I've wronged or been wronged mm -hmm. or just living in a fallen world. And, and I've had to actually like say in my head over the last couple of weeks in wrestling through this text, Jesus was there oh. and present in my failure. Mm. He was present in my hurt. He was present in, right? All of that. And then all those people that I want to control and bring back to Jesus, you know, those that like, it's like that thing where it's like, Jesus is saying, no, I'm, 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 I'm there too. Yeah. Like I'm, I am, right. Mm -hmm. I, even I, I, I am, yeah. I'm with you. And I think like looking back at it with those different lenses paints a completely different picture, mm -hmm. at least for me personally, mm -hmm. as I look back and go, okay, Lord. I either, you know, I was wrong, others were wrong, whatever, but you were there. Yeah. And you were there in it, and I'm a different man because of it. Mm. Um, we're, you know, we, we all look back at our hurts and our pains and we go, yeah. I wouldn't go through it again. Mm -hmm. But that present work of Jesus in the midst of it, like I've had to totally go back and look at that. Yeah. It's something you just said kind of connected a few things for me. I've gone, if we remember that making disciples can happen because it is happening through teaching and observing all that I've commanded you, right? Including the hardships and the shipwrecks and how do we overcome both our failings and the failings of others? All of a sudden that 
walking through those difficult seasons is disciple making. 100%. And so going, man, when you wrong me or I wrong you, how we respond to one another is making disciples. Yeah. Mm. Now, that's incredibly difficult because now all of a sudden, man, I've got to go ask my kids for forgiveness. I've got to ask my boss for forgiveness. I got to be reconciled to that coworker, or the neighbor. Because you're teaching them to keep right I, Jesus commanded. right and so so all of a sudden <laughs> including me, failure. me rec- reconciling broken relationships is disciple making yeah. that's hard oh but Jesus is with me mm-hmm. oh so all of a sudden that impossible task is still really hard but, but it's possible but it's less daunting because yeah. all of a sudden the king of all things the creator of all things is with me yeah yeah and i just man that is like the like, that's why i couldn't wait to talk with you mm-hmm. guys because in some ways i've treated that little section of verse 20 as an appendix mm-hmm. a neat kind of tag along well yeah that's neat but the more that i've wrestled through this is we've wrestled through the great commission the more i'm like oh my goodness mm-hmm. like what a bombshell statement mm-hmm at the very end and what a better way to to leave that text right yeah. <laughs> <So> guys, <laughs> i mean it's just i'm with you mm-hmm. and it's it's a powerful one so anyway guys thanks so much for having yeah. that discussion and thanks for listening in uh to be on sunday uh, we pray that out of our discussionship as friends inside of a local church around the amazingness of god's word did you just use the word discussionship discussions I don't know. You did say good discussion. I'm from Wyoming. I can make work. Family. Hey, it works. Family. (laughs) People think only like Texas people can do that. Wyoming people. (laughs) We're arrogant enough too. Anyway, I think you know what I'm saying. God bless y'all. See you later. (laughs) Goodbye.